Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today we are excited because we have Brett and Justin who have run an escape room class, which is super exciting. Woo! I thought I saw a room of my delight. It won awards from all around. It was quite a find. And so I went and gave it a try. Well, we could see it had a nice decor. But did they know? Were they aware? game designed before Cause all of that was just ignored Were they aware? Did they ask why? Explanations felt so dry And what's going on? For all their locks were worn That was such a waste This is how I feel The room was kinda lame And the puzzles were a bore Nothing was maintained wires weren't concealed the rooms decayed and i can see that all the locks are worn what did i just play all the locks are worn would you have guessed there weren't enough flashlights we couldn't see what was there and nothing did go right really hate this game and now I don't care we're so stuck and it seems we've missed so much I want to put this code in again this lock is worn that was such a waste this is how I feel the room was kind of lame and the puzzles were a bore nothing was maintained wires weren't concealed Rooms decayed and I can see that all the locks are worn What did I just play? All the locks are worn Okay, that song was by Rachel Arpin Yes, I have now I am now trying to get more parodies into the podcast. Oh, this is new. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long that has lasted. Rachel Arpin also did the last song for our 100th episode. So I figured, how long can I keep this going? So, yes, I just sent her music and hopefully. Uh, so it's going to be going. another few months of, oh, what should the next song be? Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm hoping. So if anybody out there wants to do a song and just send it in, that'd be brilliant. Yeah, send in your parodies. <laughs> My name is Errol. I'm Amanda. And Mike and Ruby are actually doing a commercial about weeds. Yeah. I hope that's not, oh, I hope they don't have like an NDA. And not allowed, allowed well, we, did, we didn't say the product. That's true. We just, okay. we just said what the general. And that might be confusing to people, but that's yep. okay yep. when they listen to our podcast everything's confusing now i have we have on the line all the way from new jersey brett keener and justin savenko and they have run a class about escape rooms welcome hi thank you hi brett and justin now i might not have exactly explained what you did because i think i got bits and pieces from from brett but if you want to give more details if one of you wants to give more details on the class run that'd be great sure justin's the uh full-time teacher of us so um justin you want to describe the the class sure yeah so um last year um i was approached by my supervisor saying that he had this awesome guy who had uh, done some work in the makerspace. He was interested in teaching a class on escape rooms. 
and I'm really heavily involved with the makerspace. And I said, sure, you know, sounds like a good idea. And uh, what Brett and I managed to put together uh, was a class where the students at my high school, which is Bergen Academies in Hackensack, New Jersey, um, we had the students design from scratch, essentially, an escape room that then they put their friends, the administration, and some teachers through. Um, and it was just a tremendous experience to, uh, to have them go through. Oh, that's amazing. So just for our listeners, just in case they don't know what a makerspace is, what's a makerspace? Yeah, so uh, a makerspace is essentially uh, a place where there's a wide variety of tools, uh, such as 3D printers, there's all different kinds of woodworking, there's laser cutters, and it's basically a place for, for people of all ages and all sorts of uh, backgrounds to gather and work on their various projects. Um, and especially as technologies have become cheaper and cheaper, um, it's just an excellent spot for, uh, for, for people to try out things that they might not have otherwise had access to. Well, that's kind of cool. Is it like, you get, is it free or do you get like access to 3D printers and do you, it's, or do you, are there dues? How does that work? So we have a, a makerspace called the Bergen Makerspace, which is actually across the parking lot from our high school. Um, and it's free to access and everything is pretty much pay what you'd like. Um, nice. So on Wednesday nights uh, from 5 until 8, uh, we have all people from the community stop by. And in the school itself, uh, we have uh, two maker spaces for the students to use, um, which, you know, is cool, is cool as well. Amazing. So how, what grade are you teaching? Uh, so I'm primarily a math teacher. Um, I, I, I teach freshmen and sophomores. Uh, but this elective that Brett and I ran, uh, it was for all four years. So we had a couple freshmen, uh, some sophomores, oh. and, and surprisingly, uh, juniors and seniors, uh, which was uh, great to have their kind of... <laughs> Um, you know, participation because we weren't necessarily anticipating that. That's amazing. Okay, so for Canadians, what ages are those? <laughs> 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 or any or Europeans? We actually have a lot of people that aren't all American, although I think the majority of them are. But for my benefit, I I always forget what grade is sophomore and junior. Yeah, we're, so- yeah. we're we're essentially looking at, at at anywhere from ages like fourteen to seventeen, eighteen. Ah, nice. Cool. Well, that's really cool. Grade 9 through grade 12 for your Canadian translation. <laughs> okay, so that's still high school here. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, did that fit in the normal curriculum, or how did that all work? Did somebody just say, let's write an escape room class? Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how it went. Did um, I get credit for this class, then? <laughs> Yeah, so so the class, um, so our school um, actually has a longer school day uh, than a traditional high school. A, a traditional high school here will go from around 8 in the morning until around 2.30, 3 o'clock. Um, our school day goes from 8 in the morning until 4.10 in the afternoon. And uh, that entire last period is elective uh, period for uh, students to choose classes. And uh, we were able to get one of our electives to be designing escape rooms. Um, oh, so we were really amazing. fortunate to to be in a school that that allowed us to do something like that. Wow! <laughs> in Ontario, we're currently going through a terrible education process where all these types of things are being cut. So this sounds awesome. <laughs> this school is unusual. Um, so I'm not a a full time teacher, but uh, I was uh, been involved with the school in various ways for quite a while. My son went to this high school. He's recently graduated from college, but um, I got involved with the high school back when he started. And there's an excellent set of teachers there. There's incredible resources there. It's a public magnet school, so it's a public school, um, which in the U.S. means it's a it's a free school. Um, 
open to the public. Um, but it also uh, is a school where you take a test to get in. So um, they, mm-hmm. you know, and it has different tracks in the school, different academies. So there's students that are focused on beyond the core of all the normal high school classes. They're focused on computer science or engineering or business or performing arts, things like that, which is another reason why it was exciting to be able to work with this, you know, these students because they have such a wide range of backgrounds and interests. So, you know, you talk to some and say, hey, we're going to need, you know, to make some costumes for this or we're going to need to do some set design. And they're like, we do that already. So, um, you know, or need to build something or whatever. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, and you get a lot of capabilities that, uh, you don't necessarily get at a regular high school here. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And so Brett decided he wants to run an escape. Are there a lot of escape rooms in New Jersey? I don't even know. I know I know there are, there has to be, you know, that's where the spires are located, but other than I mean I'm but I don't know if there are any in your area. I didn't get your exact city. So I and you don't have to say your exact city, you know, all privacy and stuff yeah and we're both you know bergen uh, county is northeastern new jersey so it's not very far from new york city so we have access to all those oh. escape rooms around here and there's certainly um you know plenty in new york city and new jersey this area um if you want to travel a little bit you know we're a couple hours from philadelphia where there's some so there's, there's plenty in this area Unfortunately, we couldn't get the students to take a field trip to them. Some had already played and some hadn't. But um, we started off the class by having them play the closest things that we could get in a classroom, which was the uh, werewolf escape room in a box Mm -hmm. uh, and Stargazer's Manor. Um, We Mm -hmm. had some students play those two games. Then we compared and contrasted their experiences. So that way, even if they weren't already familiar with escape rooms, then they had... uh, you know, some basis for discussion and and that sort of stuff. So how many classes did you do? How many actual uh, sessions? Yes. Um, That's a good question. We had, (laughs) uh, Justin, do you have actual stats? The end of the year got very confusing (laughs) because we we made the mistake or I don't know, the the, um, trimester that we ran this in ended up running to the end of the year, which was good except for the fact that the end of year has a lot of activities for seniors there's prom and graduation Uh, there's a lot of other stuff so the last say month um to month and a half was a little bit chaotic and and we kind of had surprises of oh we're not having a class today Mm. that's going to make it interesting to finish things (laughs) right a, a traditional elective at our school meets somewhere between 20 and 25 times a trimester Towards the end, as Brett was saying, we really ran into some some trouble uh, with all the the stuff that popped up at the end of the year. Um, so we are going to offer the class again this year, but we're going to do it during Ooh. the second trimester instead of the third to avoid that. Uh. <laughs> so you don't really know, but do you know how roughly how many hours that you taught the kids? Uh, I'd say approximately probably around 20 hours of classroom time. Um, oh, and wow. then, um, and then, you know, there was one or two times where we stayed after for about an hour or uh, two as well. Um, so it was, was quite the project. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And so it was Brett, if I understand correctly, that developed the curriculum or was it Brett and Justin? How did that come about? Prior to this, I had only done one escape room myself. So it wasn't until uh, until Brett passed on all these great resources to me that I became 
a little more knowledgeable about escape rooms and what was involved in their creation and their planning. Uh, so the curriculum was largely based off of uh, off of all the resources that Brett has collected over the years. Um, mm. And then, um, you know, uh, my main role was to facilitate uh, and, and kind of help with the planning and stuff, but Brett handled the large chunk of the curriculum work. So you delved into the nerdery of the escape room community, <laughs> and that didn't scare you off. <laughs> well, you got to be... You know, as a math teacher, you know, I, I have my own nerdery, if uh, you will. So, uh, it, it, you know, it was a little daunting at, at first because one, one of the first things Brett sent me was this, this basically this document that had all the vocabulary words for escape rooms. So I was like, oh, boy, this is, <laughs> this is, this is something else. But, uh, but it worked out fine. Uh, it, was, it was great, and I going into it now the second time, I'm a little more up on what some of the, the, the things actually mean. Now, before we go any further, Amanda brings up a good point, although you don't know she brought up a good point, but she's like texting me things. <laughs> <It's> that, <laughs> I'm sorry, I know who Brett is, but her audience <laughs> might not know who Brett Keener is at all. <laughs> but you know, I don't know, he's just, that's another thing. Wow, I, I just take it for granted that everybody knows who Brett is. <laughs> so let's, let's, Let's do that. This is how great of an interview. There's no particular reason they should know who I am. <laughs> I'm active on the Slack, but uh, you know. Yeah, but you do so many things, cool things. Okay, so Brett, what is what are your what are the things you're most known for? Let's see. I've designed a couple escape rooms. I used to work for Escape the Room, uh, so I designed some rooms, submarine and clock tower, and part of uh, the nuclear bunker room for them. Um, I also uh, do a lot of stuff with the mechanical puzzle world. So I go to puzzle conventions and I bring big bags of puzzles wherever I go so people can play with them, organize occasional meetups in New York City or other places. And that's, and that's literal. So. Wherever you go, you just have puzzles on you. <laughs> you're, 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 you're familiar with this, yes. Um, and then uh, recently, actually it's just uh, today is the last day of it, um, I was working on an escape room in New York City called Privilege of Escape. Um, so an artist named Risa Puno had um, a proposal for a, uh, organiz an arts organization called Creative Time to make an escape room about the concept of privilege, so about how some people have advantages due to just inherent aspects of the way the world works right now, like you know skin color or whether they're male or female or things like that. They have privilege they might not even be aware of, and so uh, this escape room is designed. So it's a good escape room. Everybody who's played it who is an escape uh, fan has said that the um, puzzles and everything were were fun and interesting, but it's also got this framing around it that lets uh, people lead into a discussion about how maybe subtle conditional differences in the room might affect how different people can you know uh, escape the room or not. And actually, today is the last day of that. Um, so you know, there's uh, not really spoiling anything. There's two copies of the room, and there's differences in how the copies are set up. Oh, so, cool. um, actually, really just one difference, but it, it makes a big difference in people's experience. And at the end, there's a discussion about it. So, anyway, that that um, I helped her with understanding how to make a good escape room, um, and then uh, you know how kind of how escape room flow works, things like that. And she's fantastic and dove in and uh, then just designed excellent puzzles. I helped edit that to some extent and then built all the tech to drive it. And one would hope, we are hoping to have an 
a whole podcast on that in yeah. the future. Sure, I know Risa is uh, is definitely up for that, and you'll you'll enjoy talking to her. She's pretty terrific. So. That's amazing. Okay, Ooh. so that's who Brett is. He's, <laughs> Sorry, I was just no, like... he's he's quite well. No, no, that's great. I'm glad you asked because you know I'm thinking to myself, he's quite. I think he's well known in the escape room <laughs> industry. I don't, I don't think I am. <laughs> just, just just in an interview setting, you know, maybe yeah. <laughs> I have escape room privilege, man. You do have escape room privilege. That's a that's an escape room to do. Just have a bunch of designers in there and and have an outside knowledge puzzle oh, on them. Oh yeah, there you go. That would. Three three people in the world would be able to get through out of that. Although, admittedly, I didn't realize that Brett and I were following each other on Twitter, and I didn't make the connection between this person tweeting to me and then the guy in the Slack. They had different icons. I only know people by icons, not by their names. And then all of a sudden, I realized, wait, you're the same person. Oh, I didn't know that. The fact that okay. name was identical was not a clue. I see. <laughs> no, but the other you, you, icon had a guy holding a dog or something. So that's no, clearly a, a different icon. person. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I don't know what your actual icons are. Anyway, thank you. So back to the actual escape room you ended up designing. Basically, the the course structure was that yeah. we did that that gameplay at the beginning, and then went in and um, just kind of talked about escape room history um and then uh something i know near and dear to manda is talked about story and the structure and how to do that yeah (laughs) so we talked about how to how you theme and story are different things and how you want to have you know good moments in the room and uh how you can break something down so we actually tried to find a movie that the students were familiar with um and uh realizing that movies that i know might not be movies that (laughs) uh you know (laughs) 16 year old knows but um right. it turned out that most everybody's familiar with toy story so oh, um they they broke down we broke down toy story into um a whole set of you know key moments in it and then talked about what those were and then how you could turn those into you know escape room moments and puzzles and things like that so that was the kind oh, of amazing cool. intro they had and then then got into puzzles and just what makes a good puzzle. And uh, there's this article, 13 Rules for Escape Room Puzzle Design, you might be familiar with. Or, oh, aha, uh, aha, I saw it. I skipped it. The guy's a jerk, though. Aha, <laughs> aha versus process puzzles. Those were useful resources for that one. Um, had them play an online escape room game, uh, one of the neutral Ooh, nice. uh, escape room games. Um, uh-huh. So that was good because uh, online, because that gives, again, another feel for whether the puzzles are good or not. It's a good discussion point oh mm-hmm. i should mention that that was another thing the difference between um stargazer's manor and werewolf they both have some tactile aspects to them but mm-hmm. and they both have some story but they're different enough that it was very useful to have the students discuss the differences between them um mm-hmm. you know werewolf has a lot more tactile stuff that's got a higher props budget so, you know um and stargazers has more of a intent at a story i don't know if it completely pulls it off but um certainly there is more storytelling going on in it so that was mm-hmm. good for comparison oh that's nice and so were you able did i take it that you had to write up this cryptum which really what's interesting i'm finding that when we're on twitter there's tons of people talking about doing an escape room in a classroom or even using escape room 
for some sort of educational aspect. Of course, you're taking it to the, you're actually teaching people how to make an escape room. So I was wondering, are you planning on doing anything with that curriculum you've created? So I've got the PowerPoints from the first couple of classes where we did like a turbocharged review of, uh, you know, in 50 minutes, <laughs> here's the complete history of escape rooms and here's what makes a good escape room, etc. And so um, I was thinking about sharing those, but uh, the curriculum, yeah, it's in very shorthand notes form, so I don't know how useful that would be to other people or not. <laughs> um, I mean, going through the second time, hopefully we'll be able to formalize it a little more. And, uh, you know, and, and there is interest within the district in making it more of a district-wide kind of, um, you know, oh, uh, wow. project. Um, so, you know, that, that stuff that, uh, that we're in the process of kind of working through. New Jersey is super cool. <laughs> You're probably the first person I've ever said that. Yeah, right. in, in the universe. <laughs> you and a couple of mobsters. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the, the curriculum that, that we have, it's not very formal. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to, to turn it into something else. Now, I mentioned that Brett Keener has this document. And it's a secret document. It's not a secret document, but and I, well, I was it's not be- anymore anyway. <laughs> no, no, it's not a secret document, but it's a, it's not intended to be secret. And I've been meaning to put it on my website. I've just been really, and I'm am going to put it on my website because it deserves a place to easily find. And it's a document that lists every every article, every book, every every. Every website that talks about room escape design in any aspect. And he's cobbled it and put it together as just a list of resources someone may want to read if you want to learn more about creating escape rooms. And it's a great document. And it's amazing. And so if there was a permanent place for it to... Actually, hopefully by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll have it on the codex.ca because and maybe I'll even link to it in this in the podcast description because it's really cool. There's tons of articles in there and we've been meaning to clean it up and I don't think we've cleaned it up. So. Yeah, I actually organized it considerably in the past couple of weeks so you can take oh, a look okay, and see, cool. see what you think. Oh, okay, cool. You're amazing. Um, there's a bunch of bunch of articles by Errol in it, you'll be happy to know. Uh, <laughs> fan, fans of Errol will be happy to know. Um, yeah, that's that's because, nobody actually. Yeah. Doubtful. No, no. There, there's there's a lot of good information there. You're you're you know, you, you pick a particular topic like aha versus process or whatever and, and go into it. Um, and that's useful for anybody else thinking about design. And, you know, it's it, even if they don't agree with you about everything and who's going to agree with you about everything, I think what you've encapsulated is like the key concepts and then you can talk about it. And in general, actually, I do agree with you about most things. So. <laughs> Yay! We all agree together. It's just yeah. a happy place in the escape room in this slack. There. So, <laughs> it is actually. It is. Oh, that's yeah. What I, cool. what I should do is uh, go through the curriculum and say, "Hey, here's topics that we don't have an article from you on. Maybe you could." Uh, oh, you could write an I'm in. On. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just you didn't even finish your sentence. It's like ah, okay. So going back, so you. You teach the students core concept of escape rooms. You have a sort of core structure there. At what point um, do you 
kind of hand it off to them to or sorry did they did they do the design for their room did they do it all together and how much kind of leeway did they have as far as like themes and and what the topic would be and that kind of thing so we we had actually i think the fifth day it was we had a just a puzzle design jam we said hey let's spend the classroom here's a whole bunch of pieces here's dice and colored chips and whatever your stickers and whatever else um and here design a puzzle go you got <laughs> you got a little bit of time, um, and now uh, you know you're going to have your uh, classmates play test it um, and iterate <laughs> on it and prove it. Um, and that was like an assignment to go do iterations on it and, and play test it with friends and family and things like that. And uh, even right off the bat, there were a couple students that were really good puzzle designers in the class. You're like, yeah, this is a clever framing of this puzzle. You've taken a logic puzzle concept and turned it into a series of text messages or you know, you've got something that you've made out of these props that's really interesting. You know, somebody came up, I think one of the students came up on their own with the idea of uh, writing something on a stretched out rubber band, then it de-stretches and it's invisible. You have to stretch mm. out to read it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm like, this is great. I've seen other people do this, but we didn't tell you about this. You just came up with this on your own. This is terrific. And then we could use that as a basis for discussion about what students in the class thought was a good puzzle design or not. We did a demo of some of the tech stuff, I think. Um, I just brought in various tech components and showed, hey, here's how Maglock works. Here's how I use computers to control things, that sort of stuff. Um, here's how you can use you know, Polarizer or UV or other things. Um, and then went to brainstorming um, themes and ideas, I think. I think that was pretty much how we... We flowed. Did you have access to other tech devices like Arduinos or anything like that? Or Raspberry Pis or things like that? I don't know what you have in your makerspace. Yeah, there there was access to it. Uh, we took a poll uh, rather early on with the students, you know, what kinds of technology were you familiar with um, and what kinds of things you like to learn about. And they expressed interest in learning about Arduinos and stuff, but unfortunately we didn't have time. Uh, within the course of our interruptions towards the end of the trimester mm-hmm. to, to to really delve into it, we've had you know there there's definitely access to it, and it was floated around at one point, you know, in just discussions, you know, about well, how cool would it be if we turn this instead of a one trimester course into a two tri course, where the first try they learn about Arduino and tech and locks and stuff, and then try two is when they're actually planning getting going into it. Um, so it's been flowed, floated around, um, but um, it's one of those things where if somebody's interested in it, we definitely have access to it. And it's not easy, so I can understand that you know mm-hmm. you need to spend a bit more than just an hour explaining how those things work. <laughs> but that's really cool that you know there's just there's just so much potential. You could just have all sorts of fun with uh, with your escape room class. So were there any cool kind of realizations or ahas amongst your students while they were creating puzzles or what were like the fun moments when they when things clicked for them when they're designing uh we did a lot of diagramming for the flow and um showed them how you could diagram how things branch and uh you know bottleneck back together so that you can have the group together for particular moments things like that so that um there are definitely some students that were more into it than others but from <laughs> my point of view that was kind of the most exciting for me was seeing some students get up there on the whiteboard and kind of drive the whole thing you know we just stood back and let them let them go um and seeing what they come up with and and you know something we have a lot of whiteboards in that classroom um so seeing them come up with things that span things and kind of bounce ideas around and come up with with uh 
some of the you know concepts that were turned into the room, and that was really uh, you know really exciting to see because at that point we're like, yeah, we gave them a good basis, and now they're able to do things on their own. That, that's sort of what you want as a teacher, right? No, I, I, w- I was just going to say that to uh, to that end uh, as well. You know, um, Brett and I we made the decision to organize the class so so that we essentially it was a group of about eighteen students. And we split them up so that into groups, and each group was responsible for a particular room. Um, so then, uh, in that way, they kind of built some kind of sense of community within their rooms. Um, but they also had to connect with each other uh, and make sure that the story and uh, stuff flowed. Um, so there were some moments where there were some interesting conversations between rooms, trying to figure out how to link, but also within rooms where there were disagreements about themes and, and uh, things like that. Uh, so it was interesting to see that dynamic kind of evolve throughout the course of the trimester. I take it that you split them up into groups. They each made one room in an escape room. Is that correct? Right. So so the uh, overall, we had to come up with a theme. And so there were essentially two themes um, that, because of the group dynamics and the sizes of the way the groups were split up, there were kind of basically there's two things to choose from and there were more people on one of the teams so they kind of outvoted the other folks on uh, <laughs> on, on what what to do um so the the two two themes that they were ending up with one was um actually i would love to see as a, as a room it was not the one we did but i would love to see somebody do it the idea was that you were a uh k-pop uh singer or maybe a, or maybe a k-pop country rap singer it wasn't wasn't uh you know oh, i'm man. sure how, how um but then uh you you were actually were not the singer. The idea was that you were their uh, assistant, and so the singer was like an NPC in the room with you. And your goal was that you had to um, get them out of the uh, backstage where they were and on into the car or you know into the hotel or whatever without the paparazzi catching them. And so you'd you'd end up having to dis- disguise them properly and um, get them down a hallway past security cameras and you know other other things. And so oh, that's kind of it, fun. You, you were sort of manipulating a person as a prop in the game. So that, I thought that was a cool concept. The other one was a uh, '80s themed um, murder hotel. There's a hotel where there's a murder. Uh, this is the one we ended up uh, up doing. Um, and they wanted an '80s thing. It, it was amusing to me since I was actually in high school in the eighties that current 2019 high school students, uh, think the eighties are cool for some reason, <laughs> especially the music. They were very into the music, but, oh, but, who um, can blame them. I, it was, it was school. awesome music, right? It's clearly objectively the best music. It is. But, uh, I agree. But, <laughs> I now know what age Errol is. Okay. So, uh, anyway, the, um, the way that that well, was you structured. don't know how old I am. <laughs> I said my age. Okay, you're not. You are not the center of the universe. <laughs> so, so I'm old. Yeah, me too. So the um, the thing there was that you were met at the beginning by your best friend Jeff, who was a, another NPC, and that would uh, be somebody who would act as a in room clue master, help keep you on the rails, um, but also had you know amnesia to some extent so uh it turned out that he was being framed for murder you discovered and then your goal was to um help unframe him at first you thought it was just to get him back into his room to get his tickets for his flight um but then it was that oh no he's been framed for murder you've got to uh find proof that he couldn't have done the murder um through pictures of him in various places that 
you know have timestamps on them or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, then demonstrate that um, he's got an alibi and then prove that to the police. So that was a shift that happened in the game, and then also um, it was fun to have uh, NPC there kind of guiding things. It, it and these are all things students came up with on their own. They were not you know things that we we pushed at them. So with yeah with with kind of that idea of the NPC and stuff. Did you find that with the student groups, people kind of naturally shifted towards certain roles? Like you had people who were more performance heavy and wanted to do the acting bit of it. You had people who wanted to design the story. You had people who were really uh, students who were really into tech. And so they were more concerned with that. Or did they kind of try a bit of everything? Justin, it seemed to me like we had students that were definitely into one thing or another who had, you know, Photoshop skills or... Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and, and I, I think a part of that is is as well, like Brett was saying about our high school, is that every student picks kind of a focus area, whether it's engineering or visual performing arts or uh, computer science. And I think that in that way, that kind of makes made students a little more comfortable with various aspects of the room more than others. Um, and there were definitely students that all they wanted to do was was be Jeff, or there was definitely <laughs> students who all they wanted to do was 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 take the pictures that ultimately formed one of our puzzles. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do based off of the skills that they've acquired through their academy um, mm. as well. How many Jeffs are there? <laughs> <laughs> there was only one, but they all wanted to be Jeff. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Jeff. Jeff. It, was, it was actually interesting to me that um, some people who were kind of uh, a little shy in class actually were willing to be Jeff for the performance of this. So that was that was also fun to see that they got uh, a chance to you know be more outgoing in the context of kind of performing in the in the room. Their next escape room then needs more NPCs. That's what this is telling us. Could be. Um, although there were some that were really excellent puzzle designers. I was very impressed by you know, the thought that went into some of these. Again, we have pretty serious time, and uh, you know, we did have materials. We got got um, you know locks and safes and a couple. Uh, we have a there's a theater department in the school. We raided them for some props. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got a, a mannequin for the dead body. That sort of thing. Um, nice. But ultimately, it was, uh, you know, pop-up escape room quality um, in terms of, you know, we didn't have a big physical space. Uh, that was another thing at the end. We were kind of scrambling to find the space when the part we thought we were going to get didn't quite work out. Um, mm. But we, but we did. We en- like. Yeah, we did end up with, with uh, a good space. And we ended up with the final stage was actually a uh, truck parked outside uh, that was uh, the police command center trucks. You had to interact with the police officer there. I think for the next class, the plan is that we're going to actually design something to be in a mobile uh, truck. We haven't gotten into details about ah. that. but So we're, I think from the beginning, we're going to know that's the space we have, which will be very helpful in shaping the room once the students come up with a concept <laughs> and theming and everything. Say, okay, now this is the space we've got. How can we make it work? Yeah, and, and that's exactly, you know, uh, looking forward, the hope is that you know, Brett and I, through this class, are able to create a mobile escape room that then we're able to use for things like professional development or interchange the puzzles out and use it for for, curricu- for various classes for their curriculum and, and stuff. So, you know, so the district is interested in seeing how far this escape room class could take us um, as far as, mm-hmm. as curriculum and stuff, which is really exciting. 
And if you ever need to do fundraising, you could always just charge for the escape room. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of like, you know, what it is, selling oranges? I don't know what people do for raising money for school. Selling oranges? <laughs> That's what I had to do as this a kid. This is 30? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Most like of the time it's pizza. Bars now, right? yeah, oh, pizza, pizza, chocolate, now. Okay. Yeah, cookies. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sugar things. Yeah. <laughs> so did you present the escape room to the public at large? So um, during one of our open nights for the Makerspace, um, we opened it up to the public. Um, and uh, we had some students that stayed after school and they uh, ran it with us. And um, I, I, they really enjoyed it, and it seemed like the people that participated in the room were really impressed with what we were able to do, with you know, with the time and resources that we worked with. So, um, you know, Brett was there and, and ran through the room with uh, with me and the students as, as well. So it worked worked out really really nicely. Did things run smoothly, or did they suddenly realize the mainstream public get really confused about a lot of things? <laughs> We really have a bad some of, the some of, some of both. Uh, they're definitely that's one reason why it was helpful to have the NPC in the room because we didn't have tech set up for cluing, so they were the the clue master essentially in the room, the the game master. Um, and I think that generally worked pretty well. Some groups seem to need more help than others, but not always the groups that you'd expect, right? I mean, just like in a regular escape room, mm-hmm. sometimes you look at a group and say. They seem kind of clueless, uh, but then they go in and they're like, wow, they're working together great. They've never met before, but they just clicked and, and know what they're doing. But I think for a lot of them, maybe almost all of them, it was the first room they'd ever done. Is that mm, right, that's yeah. fair? Yeah. 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 So that, um, I think the general experience is that for many people, the first room you ever do is super cool. There's just, you know, you've never done anything exactly like it before. Maybe you heard about it, but... Um, you know, they have nothing else to compare it to, and so it's more fun than a lot of other things they've done, and so they, they, they think it's great. And the feedback was uh, generally pretty positive. Um, and it wasn't all from, you know, parents or whatever who just are delighted that their their kids are doing something. <laughs> it was uh, faculty, administration, uh, other people from the makerspace, like Justin said, that are there on a regular basis, and we're just excited to get to go and play with puzzles and, and uh, see it. So Maybe the parents are just excited that they don't have to go and watch another horrible performance. All we get to do in escape room. I'm horrible. I have, I have kids that were oh, in high school. <laughs> when, when Errol's... Yeah, we get texts when Errol's kids have recitals or performances. Oh, Errol's a big whip when it comes to his kids' stuff. My poor kids. I'm yeah. so horrible. Oh yeah, as far as as far as lessons the students learned for I, I remember I remember you mentioning something about, you know, there was like some disagreements about themes and that kind of thing and people had to vote on things. One of the most difficult things I had to learn, even just as a theater student, was um how to kill your darlings, it's it's known as. In other words, like this idea that you have so much invested in or you think it's a great idea but then down the design path or down the writing path you realize it doesn't fit anymore and as much as you love it you have to like get rid of it was there a, a lot of that with your students or were what what were some of their more obvious takeaways from the class i guess look to me like they uh they're definitely two camps in terms of the ones who'd come up with particular ideas and they sort of were attached to those ideas. It, I think that they did a pretty good job of negotiating finally and saying, Hey, we'll, 
will buy into your idea if we can incorporate some aspects of this where it made sense. The biggest disagreement might have been over what type of music to play in the room, which I think we ended up, I think, I think we actually ended up with no music being played in the room at all. Yeah. Uh, due to, due to time. So, so that it was, uh, the, the paparazzi one, they wanted, uh, Lady Gaga playing and the other one wanted eighties music playing. And they actually had a set list they developed at one point, other oh, stuff. Wow. And then, then we ended up with none. So it also you know, was amusing to me that, that, um, the students weren't sure if Johnny B. Good was from the eighties or not. They're like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't back to the future. I'm like, okay, so now I know that my childhood is in the distant past to uh, yeah. these students. <laughs> Although, did you, is that when you brought up things like diegetic music and sound? Because, you know, you could just play hotel elevator lobby music. No, and, and ultimately, so the nice thing about the makerspace is that there's all different types of people who who, who come in there. And this one guy suggested to, to me, there's this free website that, that plays music. Why don't you pick something out in there that sounds like hotel lobby music? So when we opened it up to the public that one night, I had that that corny hotel lobby music play. The kids were like, what is this? But it seemed to do its job. Um, But uh, but yeah. Yeah, and so they were actually, the hotel was going to be set in the 80s, or was technically set in the 80s. I'm not sure that came across in the final version due to a lack of time, but they were you know, planning out, they're like, what kind of TVs did you have in the 80s? Or, you know, did you have VCRs then? Things like that. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could be a, a technical resource, a historical resource for what the 80s were like. But uh, anyway, they, they did definitely think about that and try to make things fit in uh, with that when they were planning it out. Do you have access to a Commodore 64? You can do a puzzle on it. I've, yeah, I've got an assortment of <laughs> archaic computers in my basement. So, yeah. Um, we didn't actually do that, but they did discuss that. Uh, there were a couple other puzzles that, that students came up with that were not particularly um, themed, but were very clever. For example, the, your best friend Jeff, it turned out his last <laughs> name was uh, Free, F-R-E-E. And oh. you had to learn that at one point, and the way that was being revealed is his signature on his photos that he took for which were in a display somewhere um, was uh, an ambigram, which uh, a student just again oh. on her own came up with a concept and then drew one out. So it was, said Jeff, and then you turned upside down. It says free the same letters oh. make up the same thing, and again, so things like that were just oh. like excellent moments for for me because I'm like. I think this is a really cool puzzle idea and somebody came up with it and executed it pretty much on their own. Yeah, and, and from a from a teaching perspective, just to see, you know, Brett and I were, were rather hands off once it got time to the planning. Um, and just to see the puzzles they came up with and the way that they negotiated kind of the planning stages, it w- was just tremendous. Uh, just to know that, that you could give them essentially this much freedom and then produce something that's, you know, that was legitimately pretty cool and pretty, you know, like they, they were very enthused by it. They brought their friends, administration came and checked it out. Um, and it drew up a lot of interest, uh, which was really great. People always talk about escape rooms as a team building exercise, but in this case, actually building the escape room is the team building exercise. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had to like you know, split up and say, okay, you guys are going to go take pictures uh, around the building of some clues that are going to be used as the photos you find later on in the game. And so you guys are going to go take the pictures. We're going to Photoshop the map here. We're going to do these other things. 
uh, and um, somebody else is going to figure out the missing pieces that hadn't quite been figured out by how the you know one part of the game connected to the other. And yeah, they seem to divvy that up. And yeah, you know, there were students that were more enthusiastic than others, but in general, everybody contributed and and uh, came up with good ideas. And what's really fascinating is that is that some of the students that seemed very disinterested during the planning stuff, when it came to actually enacting the escape room, they were first in line to, to, to reset the room, first in line to be Jeff. They were first in line to actually participate in the, in the actual escape room the day of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, so the planning wasn't really for them, but, uh, but the other stuff they, they really enjoyed doing the executing part yeah. like people who like to write the script and then people who like to do the acting <laughs> wow so how do you grade something like that where where everybody has a bit of participation in different aspects of the process so that's something that that Brett and I kind of struggled with in the beginning stages was do we want to have like formal assignments where you know, you have to write a, a report where you review an escape room or you, you do a, a particular history of, of this aspect of puzzle planning. And ultimately what we decided was that we focused more so just on participation. Were they doing what they were supposed to be doing and were they part of the team as a whole? And if they were, then they were fine. You know, that's something, you know, going into it for the second time, we'll have further discussions on but um you know class participation was was the entire grade for for the first go around and mind you if brad is looking for more documentation you can just get the kids to write it especially since you said you're missing some Brad. yeah yeah um uh, and yeah and in terms of the grades also the only really assignments we gave uh the students were um here's some puzzles uh of different types and i just found things you know that i liked uh, that were online, and some were word puzzles, some were logic puzzles, things like that. And here, you should try to solve them. And then the, the, uh, at the beginning of the next class, we'll spend a couple minutes going over it, see who solved it, discuss what you did and didn't like about it, just to give general exposure to them. Same thing with the online escape room game. It's like, here, try playing that. Okay, how far did you get? Where'd you get stuck? What did you think was a good puzzle, a bad puzzle? Uh, that way, it's a you know hopefully fun for them, mostly, to play these things. And some of the Students really, you know, like diving in and solving the puzzles, and are like, "Oh yeah, I was stuck on this for a long time, but then finally figured it out." Uh, so that was, you know, that that seemed to work pretty well. Nobody really, and probably some people didn't didn't uh, tackle some of the puzzles, but that's okay too because you end up with like, "Yeah, that just wasn't my kind of puzzle. Didn't didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it," and you end up with exposure to a lot of different types of things. Yeah, we spent one day in class where. Again, I just brought in a whole bunch of different types of puzzles and uh, had them you know, play with mechanical puzzles of different types. Uh, Admit it, and, you already had them on your body, and you just brought them out. <laughs> I, I brought an entire duffel bag of puzzles this time. I don't, I don't normally carry quite that many. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was, it was great because they had never seen some of these, but some of them solved some puzzles right away, you know, very quickly. Um, others struggled with the same puzzles, and they could show each other how to work on them give hints but also just realize that some types of puzzles work for some people and don't work for others and so that's why you want a variety in a room you don't want just logic puzzles or just word puzzles or Mm -hmm. um, please please not just logic puzzles Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's my preference showing yeah Luckily, I, I play uh, games with uh, my wife, escape rooms, a lot of times, and 
then um, she's very good at logic puzzles and enjoys them. So it's nice to have a person who you can just go into and you know and say, "Hey, here we go. We're in the room." And oh, that's a logic puzzle. There you go. That's yours. <laughs> that's what I do. There's a, there's a crossword. That's yours. Oh, hey, here's something cool I can fiddle with. I'm I'm going to do that one. <laughs> So when it comes to resources, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people listening in are interested in what resources you used. Did you? Now I'm not trying to like say, oh, my articles are great. No, like what kind of books were you? Did you buy any books to help prepare yourself or the the kids to read? I mean, I'd like to know, you know, if there's anything else out there that you bought or you found very useful. Yeah, online articles were the majority of it. We did have them read some uh, things like the Ask Why article, things like that. Um, you know, Scott. Nicholson's article mm-hmm. um, because they encapsulate a lot of key ideas. I don't really expect them to you know, absorb it deeply, but it at least points out this is why this is important. We didn't assign any like book reading or anything. Uh, the one book that I found useful that's actually a, a printed book rather than just stuff online is Jesse Shell's Art of Game Design, mm-hmm. uh, which has it's focused on games in general so it includes you know board games video games that sort of stuff but it's got a great section on puzzles and he condenses down into very short you know couple sentences or a paragraph about what makes a good puzzle what doesn't you know things should be discoverable and not just random there's a bunch of different ideas there uh, and so um, I really like that book. My son actually took a game design class in college with Jesse Shell, mm. and I was a little jealous that I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be oh, in wow. the class. <laughs> so, so these resources that, that Brett compiled, I felt I was a student. Like I, I was the first student in this class because you know my, my background in math and, and the makerspace, you know, all of these articles that Brett compiled for the class, I ultimately read just like the students did. Um, you know, prior to assigning it, just because I needed to be familiar with it uh, all along the way, um, and Brett did a, did just an excellent job of, of of condensing stuff down in these PowerPoint presentations, and the students asked really really intelligent questions based off of um, the issues and stuff that he brought up. Um, so, just the resources that he compiled were were just tremendous. Oh, one other thing. I, one other thing I should mention is one other thing we did in the class is um, you know the online U escape that um, yes, Nick, yes. Nick in Greece runs. So we actually mm-hmm. had the entire class play one of those. Nick uh, oh, had his cool. ha- his half hour demo game, and so that was fun. I think for the students because that again is real close to a real escape room. You know, that that's yes. a very uh, you know, escape room like experience. And it was fun for Nick because he's got he's got twenty people playing uh, playing his <laughs> escape room from a school. <laughs> They're very enthusiastic about it. And uh, so we put that up on the projector in the room and they all got into it and some of them I forget which one it was, but some of them know like something about electronics, so that was useful just in recognizing some of the characteristics of it. And yeah, that was that was a lot of fun as well uh, in terms of other resources. I definitely would recommend an experience like that for schools if they're teaching something where you can't take a student, uh, you know, the students to real physical escape rooms. Get the experience as close as you possibly can. Oh, that's true. That is brilliant. It's like, yeah, no, you escape was a lot of fun. Did you, you did it right? Yeah, you. Oh did yeah, it, yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that was that was a lot of fun. That, I think the hard part is, is that just the time zone. That would probably be the difficult part. Yeah, we we did have to find a time uh, to do it. Uh, luckily, the class was in the afternoon, but not too late, and so uh, that worked out okay with Nick. He's willing to stay up late his time to run these things. 
<laughs> That's amazing. That is lucky. <laughs> oh, I, that would probably be kind of fun to watch everybody yelling out I was going to say, like, did they have to coordinate who was, who was giving the instruction? Because I could imagine 20 students who suddenly yes. have an idea all want to... Burn your hand! Oh, uh, yeah. Burn your hand! <laughs> they, they, were, they were pretty good. They, they did, you know, shout out ideas, but then they kind of coalesced around the next, op, you know, next action they wanted to take. Yeah, it was very interesting to watch, that's for sure. How did you handle, because what happens, and I hope this isn't a spoiler, but you open up documentation. So do, does each kid open up a document, or did you find that you all tried to do that all on one screen? We had at least a couple laptops in the room. Most of the students have laptops, so they just did that separately, right? That was my recollection. Ah, uh, nice. It, you know, working in parallel helps. Maybe oh, yeah. May have yes, sure. yes. <laughs> Amanda had to do it all on her own. I did. I did. So <laughs> yeah, some of I, those some of those games are hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting back to the resources, because I find this interesting. You mentioned that you found things you wished that there were doc there was documentation on. So what are things did you find that either the kids struggled with or you found isn't covered that much when it comes to escape rooms? I guess there were documents I wished I had for myself in some cases, you know, that, that, um, when Justin and I are talking about how we're going to organize the curriculum, what we're going to do each day, that sort of stuff that we were just guessing at some of it, like how long is this going to take or what can fit into a class or, you know, how are students going to adapt to these things? So having other resources from other teachers would have been helpful. Uh, there are a couple escape room design classes at the college level. There's one, uh, I think Marcy Campos, does one i might be getting the name wrong um but uh and also um at amherst college there was one that are these uh, all we in got New a curriculum Jersey, or no these are scattered around uh, the oh, u.s okay okay um and so definitely looked at syllabuses and or syllabi and curriculum that they had put together but they're all different focused you know the one at amherst mm -hmm. had a bunch of you know time spent on how you do set construction things because for mm. theater students which while interesting, and they're definitely theater performance students at Bergen Academies, it also is uh, you know not something we could afford to spend a lot of time on because we didn't have a college-level semester amount of time to do this, where it's like, okay, and by the way, you're going to spend four hours you know, this week working just on set construction you know, after class. You know, that's not something we could assign. So right. that would have been interesting just to see how do you spend an hour or a little less than an hour covering one of these topics um, and the answer is very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, that's that's for sure. Our our periods are fifty one minutes. Um, so within fifty one minutes, the students had to get to the room, get settled in, and then get to work. So you know, it, it's a tight time to condense a lot of the material in. Yeah, and for the PowerPoint that I put together, where I was just you know showing them things and talking things through, uh, I suspect I was speaking very quickly uh, to get through some of these things and. I was just guessing at how much could fit in a class period. And luckily most of them worked out um, with some time for questions and discussion at the end. But it definitely is a challenge to try to fit all that information in, make sure you're not completely overwhelming students. Um, mm -hmm. Generally BCA students are quite bright. And so that helps that I don't have to, you know, slow things down too much for, for everybody to absorb. They absorb way more than this in any given day. But still, it's challenging to you know, get entire <laughs> the entire concept of escape rooms and puzzles and all that sort of stuff 
in at the beginning so we have enough time to have them design and build things which is why um we dove into like a puzzle design jam so quickly because i wanted them to have the experience of what it's like to design a puzzle and iterate and get feedback as early as possible because that's a core concept you know you like you were mentioning you know killing your darlings you know earlier if you go in and start designing a puzzle and then get attached to aspects of it. We've all played rooms where that happens, and it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. the, the designer just loved this puzzle too much. It's <laughs> they should have <laughs> they should have strangled that puzzle a long time ago, yeah. and they they didn't uh, you know manage to to detach from it enough. Even after seeing that, you know, you hear, you know, well, yeah, everybody needs clues in this section. It's like, well, then you probably need to adapt something about that puzzle because you know people just aren't getting it, clicking with it. So showing the students that concept early and my, my goal ultimately is I want more good escape room designers in the world so that I can, <laughs> I can play more good escape rooms. That's my selfish goal. Part of this besides you the fact that the teaching is class. Fun. <laughs> um, wh- one of the, one of the thing we covered uh, related to that is um, puzzle difficulty. So you guys are familiar with the MIT mystery hunt, right? Oh yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so that has insanely difficult weekend long puzzles where teams of, you know, 50 or a hundred people work on huge puzzle sets and uh, go into it. And some of them are like 18 different layers you have to decode. So somebody mm-hmm. put together a uh, documentary on one year where they showed some of the puzzles and they showed one where you had to like take a JPEG and um, play with the color levels and discover things. And it was mm-hmm. called chromesthesia. And, and just mm-hmm. then that was only the very first level. And then you had to like extract audio that was in also encoded in one of the channels of the color. And anyway, so they, uh, this video encapsulated that process in just a minute or two of screen time. So I showed students that and said, this is an awesome puzzle. Please never, ever make anything like this for escape rooms. Um, and then there was another puzzle in that same puzzle hunt, which was uh, a linguist puzzle, where you essentially had um, two terminals. One person was reading a password, and the other person had to type the password in another terminal. And they had to communicate it purely verbally, and the puzzle was the password would be something like, don't type capitals, no, I mean, comma, dot no the word comma so so some of them were punctuation some of them were actually the word comma some of them were you know with caps no caps and so it was again this puzzle concept you grasp immediately you immediately know here's the challenge to it and then it's just a matter of working out a communications uh mechanism with your partner on the other terminal and so that sort of puzzle could be adapted to an escape room Mm -hmm. you know where it's it doesn't actually take more than a minute to execute and it's all about how do you work out the um, communications? There was so, a yeah, there was a room I played like that had a puzzle like that that was really clever um, in New Orleans. I think we did, and I was it was frustrating but also hilarious at the same time. Let me guess, it was uh, one of the Thirteenth Gate rooms. It was not actually. Oh really? Okay. It was uh, Clue Carré. Okay. Yeah. There's a Thirteenth Gate room that definitely has a communications uh, puzzle as well. So. Was that video done? Was that the one by Curtis Chen, by the way? Uh, I no, I don't believe this was just a documentary. Uh, oh, it was a documentary. Yeah, okay. it's it's in the uh, escape room document resources document I have oh, towards the bottom oh. of it. Oh, I think I might have seen that one too. Maybe yes, yes. Yeah, so if you're in, if anyone is interested in that document, 
let's just say it'll be on the codex.c eventually. Yeah, I actually <laughs> set up a website recently. Um, oh, you did? So I will, oh, I, well, it doesn't have anything on it yet. It exists, but it doesn't have anything on it. But I'll put a link to that document on it. I'm going to leave it as a Word, as a Google Docs document right now just because it's very convenient to edit. But I yes. will – and if the other people can comment, comment on it. Um, if anybody knows resources and you go to that document, please do. Um, but I'll put it up on, on – it's actually brettkeener.com, so I'll put it up on there. Even Not that anybody better. can spell that, but – Oh, that's true. We'll well, put a link I'll, to it. I'll also link to your document as well, and yeah. I'll give you all the credit in the world. I think you <laughs> probably have more uh, more viewers of your website than I'll have of mine. So. Uh, I think I think we should, maybe we should ask David to put it on his website. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about sure. SEO now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, no, we want want people to see the document yeah, so that yeah. they can they have a resource so that yeah so that as Brett said, there are better escape rooms. Okay. I think you have to go soon because it's al- it's already 11. And so thank you so much, Brett and Justin, for joining us today. That's amazing. That's really exciting. I know it sounds cool. That I mean, I know nobody thinks New Jersey is cool, but I like the fact that... I mean, I don't know. You said that. I, it's not trying to... like. It's just, no, them. it's just a trope, right? <laughs> Everyone, I don't know. Is that a trope? It's a trope, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone hates New Jersey. Wow, the, the parts yeah. the parts of New Jersey that everybody sees are like Elizabeth when they're you know flying through or traveling through um, the airport, and uh, that's industrial and stuff. But most of New Jersey is actually pretty nice. It's it is it's called the Garden State, and part of it that's actually true. So uh, yeah, but yeah, certainly the public perception is you know it's second fiddle to New York City, and uh, not not the prettiest place. But yeah, it's got wow. some both. And we do have some good escape rooms here. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you want to know more about Brett Keener and his website, you could try and figure out how to spell his last name. Brett Brett will spell it. I don't know how to spell spell it at all. (laughs) There is literally nothing on the website right now, but um, there will will be. But I'll I'll, uh, post it on the Slack. I'll also link it from the codex.ca. So yeah. that people can find this amazing document. I love this document. Thank you so much to Justin Savenko as well. It sounds like you're running a really cool class. I know I would have liked to have yeah. taken that class. That sounds fun. Thanks. Wow. So now Brett's Brett has Brett was a backbone of it. So so he uh, I owe him a debt of gratitude for uh, for, for putting it together with me. You can take him out to an escape room. <laughs> Actually, that was the first thing we did is we played an escape room together before the class. Cause, and it wasn't necessarily the best escape room, but that's actually better from a yes. let's talk about yes. the good and bad things here. So, mm. yeah. And then we went out to dinner afterwards, and Brett had puzzles. So, <laughs> uh, He also has cool other things other than puzzles. He showed me, I remember, that cute those cute little animation little booklets. Oh, the flip books, yeah. Yeah, they were so cute. Anyway, there was all sorts of things that he has, which is cool. He gives me something, I look at it, 10 minutes later, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> Mike was a better puzzle solver than you were, I have to yeah. <laughs> Okay. Do you want to talk us out, man, Pans? I do. Unless Justin has a website on his own, and here I'm not letting you like advertise yourself, Justin. No, you I don't do have, have a website. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. I hope our listeners, if you have any more interest, by all means, you can comment, or, or you can like, we will give you access to that document, and it's great. As Brett said, the more, the more, the more resources we can add to it, the better. 
Okay, Mad Pans, you can talk us out. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com to find other fun podcasts just like this one. You can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. We love getting emails. If you are on Twitter, you can use the hashtag redivas. And on Facebook, you can click the like button. Errol's threatening me with a pencil? With something? He's hiding it very cleverly in his arm. Oh, he's shrugging and looking angelic now. So, yeah, I no. am an angelic man. Yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.